This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. The Capital One Venture X business card earns unlimited double miles on every purchase. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash VentureXBusiness. You're listening to Shortwave from NPR. Hey, Shortwavers, Regina Barber here. With Aaron Scott. And Ari Shapiro. Ari is taking a break from All Things Considered to chat with us for another shortwave roundup of Science in the Headlines. It's my favorite kind of break. I hear we are talking about a record low for sea ice in Antarctica today? Yes, and how a sleepless night can ease depression in mice. And the weird, strange anatomy of starfish. You're listening to Shortwave from NPR. This message is brought to you by Apple Pay. Fussing with plastic cards should be a thing of the past. Instead, pay the Apple way. Apple Pay is easy, secure, and built into iPhone. All you have to do is set it up. Just add a card in the Wallet app and you're good to go. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Okay, Ari, you're the guest. Where do you want to start? Bad news first. Let's get the grim Antarctic news out of the way. Uh, sea ice. Tell me about it. So, Ari, this is, of course, not great news. Our NPR colleague Rebecca Hersher just reported on new science about melting ice across Antarctica. Today, we're going to focus specifically on research about Antarctica's sea ice. And when we say sea ice, we mean the seawater around the continent that freezes and floats on the ocean's surface. And it happens there each winter. Each Antarctic winter, which would be summer here in North America where we are. Right. Deep winter in Antarctica is in July, August, and September. And in September, the sea ice is at its most expansive for the year. And usually at that point, there's so much sea ice that it doubles the size of the continent. Doubles. Wow. Yeah. Sadly, the amount of sea ice has been shrinking, partly because of warmer ocean water from climate change. So this new analysis found that this year there was substantially less ice than ever before, going back to when satellites started tracking this around 1980. Less than ever before. What does that Mm -hmm. mean for Antarctica and the rest of the world? Well, one big thing is that it can contribute to global sea level rise, but not the way you might think. Like disappearing sea ice doesn't actually add extra water to the ocean. It's kind of like an ice cube melting in your glass of water. The level of water in your glass is still about the same. But Antarctica's sea ice does lead indirectly to sea level rise because it protects the continent's glaciers and the massive ice shelves from storms and ocean water that can eat away at their ice. So without that protective shield of sea ice, those glaciers and ice shelves on land can melt faster. And that does lead to sea level rise. Exactly. And when we have a bad year like this one, it's difficult for sea ice to recover. The exposed ocean water that doesn't freeze absorbs more heat than ice does, and that makes it more difficult for ice to reform the next year. All right. Let's stick with stories about the water. And Regina, you have got something to cheer us up after that bad news about sea ice. I do. A 200-year-old mystery about starfish anatomy. Yeah, Ari, so scientists have wondered what's up with the body structure of starfish. As larvae, they start out with two distinct sides, um, like 
a lot of animals, actually. And then they transform into adults with five identical limbs. So there's no obvious head or tail. Mm -hmm. And recently there have been these two leading hypotheses they both involve the starfish losing their heads through evolution. Yeah, one idea was they became all tails. Huh, what was the other? The other one argues that starfish were basically all limbs with no real head or tail, just a mouth and an anus. There's definitely a metaphor here, but I'm not going to guess what it is. <laughs> right? So yeah, this new paper out this week in the journal Nature settles this debate once and for all. Ari, do you have a guess? Are starfish all tails or all limbs? I have to confess, I saw a headline about this. So (laughs) I have a clue that it's all limbs. Am I right? Funny enough, it's neither of those. Oh! Yeah, so here's Christopher Lowe, an evolutionary biologist who was a co-author of the paper. They're in fact a giant head. And they've lost their trunk rather than having lost their heads. What does that even mean? What about the five starfish arms? What? Yep, basically all those arms are heads. Yeah, so Christopher and his team used new biomedical technology to look at genes that turn on and off from the starfish larval stage through the metamorphosis to an adult starfish. And what they found was that the genes that are commonly associated with the head area and other creatures, you know, humans, flies, those are the genes that are being expressed in the arms of the starfish. So the arms, genetically speaking, our heads. The term head has just become completely meaningless <laughs> to me in this context. I know, right? Heads or arms. Yeah, but I also talked to Monsi Srivastava, an evolutionary developmental biologist that didn't work on the study. But she was delighted by the research because she said, quote, it teaches us to be humble as scientists and should get everyone excited about what other novel things we might learn about the natural world. Who knows? Maybe my arms are actually heads, too. <laughs> they might be. Um, okay, our last topic, how one sleepless night can ease depression for several days, at least in mice. And I'm curious about this because I always heard that people who suffer from clinical depression, it can worsen if you don't get enough sleep. Aaron, what's going on in this study? Yes. So and that is chronic sleep loss. But this is just looking at like a single all nighter, which I'm going to guess you probably pulled once or twice, once or twice. Do you what did you feel like the next day? What was your mood? Delirious, dizzy, chaotic. So it's like that kind of like slap happy scientists refer to it as like a tired and wired state. And they found that it occurs in both mice and humans after staying up all night for a single night. This jittery, hyperactive, more aggressive, more sexual um, kind of behavior that is like a brief manic state. And scientists found that it can also have a strong antidepressive effect in people that last for several days, like long after the other changes wear off. It can be as drastic as some of the fast-acting drugs scientists are testing for depression, like ketamine or psilocybin. But what researchers haven't figured out is the why. Like, what's happening in the brain of someone who stays up all night that causes these mood changes, especially this antidepressant effect? So did scientists test this at, like, a mouse rave discotheque or what? <laughs> All the day glow and black lights that mice could handle. Um, Yes. So in the study that came out this week in the journal Neuron, researchers kept mice up all night. I don't think there's any pumping music. But they found that sure enough, the mice were more excitable, more aggressive, more sexual and less depressed. How did they know the mice were less depressed? Of course, we can't check in with mice about their feelings. They don't go to therapists. So what scientists do is they kind of create what they see as a depression-like state in the mice by repeatedly giving them small pinches or shocks to their arm until certain mice stop trying to escape and basically give up hope that the world's going to get 
better. Yeah, and in this case, staying up all night made the mice rebound and once again try to avoid these unpleasant sensations. Do scientists know what it is about sleeplessness that seems to trigger this change in outlook, at least in mice? Yeah, so researchers found that several places in the mice's brain released a lot more dopamine. And that dopamine literally rewired neurons in the brain to maintain that upbeat mood for several days. It's called neuroplasticity, and it's one of the promising things researchers look for when they're treating depression. So what are the conclusions here for people with depression? Yeah, I mean, the authors do not recommend that people change their sleeping habits and start pulling all-nighters because this is a short-term effect in mice, whereas we do know that chronic sleep loss has all sorts of long-lasting negative effects in humans. But they see this as helping scientists understand how our moods transition both naturally and from drugs like ketamine. And it could give researchers a target in the brain to look at for creating new types of antidepressants. Ari, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I love playing your town. (laughs) (laughs) Before we head out, a quick shout out to our Shortwave Plus listeners. We appreciate you and we thank you for being a subscriber. Shortwave Plus helps support our show. And if you're a regular listener, we'd love for you to join so you can enjoy the show without sponsor interruptions. Find out more at plus.npr.org slash shortwave. This episode was produced by Rachel Carlson and Michael Levitt. It was edited by Christopher Intagliata, Viet Le, and Amina Khan. Anil Ozicek, the facts, and the audio engineers were Josh Newell and Stu Rushfield. Beth Donovan is our senior director, and Anya Grundeman is our senior vice president of programming. I'm Aaron Scott. And I'm Regina Barber. Thank you for listening to Shortwave from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, ShipBob. E-commerce logistics making you question why you started your business? Time to outsource fulfillment to the experts over at ShipBob. Get a free quote at shipbob.com. ShipBob. This message comes from NPR sponsor, REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. This is my voice. It can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on the Black experience. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.